0: got the blue hair in an unfortunate smelting accident. Hello and welcome to the gymcast on Hologram Radio. I'm Alex Knight and I am joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kate Tempest Bradford. In Season 2, Episode 24... Brit Rock, the Misfits go to England to meet Jetta's supposedly aristocratic family. Jetta's lower-class parents, Bertie and Flo, strike up a deal with the Lord of England which ends up badly. Meanwhile, the Holograms come to play a show in London and meet Craig and his band. Both him and Aja renew their romance and help the true earl, Mason Hawthorne, get back his title, which Pizzazz almost gets tricked into trying to buy stay tuned for an action-packed episode Showtime synergy. episode 50 written by Christy Marks it feels like it's been a long time since we've had an episode that she's written
1: it's been a real real long time and it shows
0: <laughs> yeah I I gotta say I missed I missed her writing and I thought this was a great episode and actually I have been looking forward to this uh, just because it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a backstory with Jetta to find out who the heck she really is and where she actually comes from.
2: Aristocracy.
0: Well, so she claims.
2: Well, everyone in England is aristocratic, aren't they? Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Everybody has some sort of Earl or something in there. Mm -hmm. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's legit.
0: Yeah. Well, this week we open with Jetta and the Misfits playing a game of darts, with Jem's face being the unfortunate target. Classic. Jetta goes on to explain that the royals love a good game of darts. She goes on to boast about how she played with the queen once.
2: The Ro- queen mother, nonetheless. Yeah, the
0: queen mother. Roxy seems skeptical, though. But Jetta keeps going on about her family and their prestigious title, which allows them access to royalty. I I wasn't buying any of that.
1: Well, I mean, why would you? But do you ever get the sense that Jetta isn't just saying these things because she wants to, you know, seem like fancier than she is, but that there's like some deep seated need of hers to tell? these kinds of lies you know like it's it's almost pathological almost
2: sad I kind of thought it might be a long con like it doesn't seem like her parents are all that upstanding so I feel like she was taught to establish a story and not tell the truth and continue to embellish and keep track of her lies however outlandish they might be and that you know because you never know like when that might pay off kind of thing I don't know but it was odd well I always thought that
0: she well a wanted to fit in but I think because pizzazz comes from an extremely wealthy background that maybe she just assumed from the get-go that she did have to make up this whole fake backstory because she wouldn't be accepted by this by this person who's clearly a snob anyway Stormer's brother is playing in England and she wishes she could visit. Pizzazz decides to take the band to England on her father's private jet as they have nothing going on in the next couple of weeks.
2: One of her father's private jets.
0: Uh, One, one of many.
1: That's true. I mean, Harvey Gabor would have no less than five.
0: Pizzazz tells Jetta to call her family and make the arrangements to visit so she can prove to Jetta how wrong she is. Jetta does not expect this and says she'll make the call in private. Hmm. On the phone with her parents, we can see that she certainly does not come from an aristocratic family. Jetta tells her parents that she's coming to England with the misfits and that she needs to convince Pizzazz, Jetta, and Stormer that they're aristocrats. Otherwise, she'll be kicked out of the band. And forced to go back home and stay with them, which doesn't sound like the parents really want.
1: No, but let's just talk about this for a minute. Let's just talk about how Jetta gets on the phone with her mom and dad. And she's like, hey, so I need you to put together an entire con in which we are aristocrats by the time we get there in a couple of days. And even though they're like, oh, you know, how are we supposed to pull that off? They they actually don't really blink. You know they are just like okay we can do this. Just the fact that Jada knows that she can call her parents and ask for this sort of thing, just it says a lot about that family.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I mean you can see from the get go too when we get that scene when she does make the phone call, and you see, I mean clearly other than the fact that they're they're obviously I guess sort of low, lower class low lower income. Uh, family but you can see like her father is like seems like a guy that i don't know if, i'm not gonna go as far as to say maybe he has like a, a betting addiction or a gambling addiction did you, either of you get that impression because it just seems like he's sort of he likes to coast on you know the, the the gambling that he's doing like i don't even know what he does for a profession like does he even have a job
2: it seems like he's connected to to less scrupulous people. but I don't know that we can speculate beyond that really. Well what it, what I feel like is happening
1: right here is that Jeddah's family is being portrayed in sort of like the the most stereotypical classist way that yeah. we can possibly like portray them because they have these accents. And so many years ago, when I was in England, I actually forced my poor English friend to listen or to watch this episode and she was appalled. And (laughs) it was very sad for for all of us because she was just like, what is this? What is going on? And the accents were I think the the worst part. But they're supposed to sort of indicate to us that they are not only lower class, but like that they're, they're just not good people. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing where there's like gambling and they're involved with these shady people and da da da. It's just, it it's meant it's to a stereotype. Just, yeah, it's just a it, it, really they're basically they're stereotype. basically,
0: yeah. They're, they're, they're saying well, uh, low income, you know, poor people equals possibly unintelligent. I mean, uh, it's it's terrible. Or. Or, con or artists. Just, or con artists, or just or just bad, associated with just badness, and it's not good. In London, at a horse race, we see Jetta's parents and the bleachers rooting for the horse they bet money on. Silver Blaze comes in first place, and Jetta's parents pick up their winnings, which paid off 10-1, to 1, which is pretty damn good. Birdie ends up giving a cut of the winnings to Jack, who gave Birdie the tip about betting on Silver Blaze. Jack tips Bertie off that the Earl of Wizics lost all of his money on the GGs and has the creditors G-G's. pounding on his door.
1: The GGs, though. Is that what? supposed
0: to be the BGS?
1: No, I think it's the GGs, but I don't know what GG is supposed yeah. to stand for. Is that bad? Mm. Also, I want to know what Wizics is supposed yeah, to be. Or, yeah, that's
2: a common Suffolk. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't know if it's a real place. I know there's a Sussex, but Bertie and Flo decide to ask the Earl if they can borrow his estate for the weekend so they can fool the misfits into thinking they are aristocrats. They offer to pay him and the Earl accepts, I guess out of desperation, but they never say what the amount is. I and mean, I'm honestly wondering how much did they actually make? Because they take their winnings and they're they're holding the cash in their hands, so it didn't look Like, a lot? Like, I assumed it was maybe a few thousand dollars. But did they win enough money, really, to pay for a weekend at this mansion? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, it's not about the money that they had with them. It's about the money that they could potentially make by tricking Pizzazz.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's true. I just figured that a weekend at an estate like this might might command a couple, I don't know, like $10,000 at least for a day. At Gatwick Airport, a Rolls is waiting for the Misfits. Jetta tells her bandmates that they are first going to stop at her parents' estate in Wizzix. Stormer decides to take a cab to meet her brother because she doesn't want to miss his concert in London. And says she's going to meet up with them later. She takes off and Pizzazz tells Jetta that they don't need her and her creepy brother. Why is her brother creepy?
1: Because Mm -hmm. he would not uh, tell them about Jem's secret, remember? Hmm. He would okay. not tow the line, the Misfits line, and so he is yep, creepy and terrible basically. and nobody wants him. So there.
0: The holograms arrive in London and Sir Hugh Ridley asks if they can head straight to the club. We cut to the Wizzix estate as the Misfits arrive. Jetta seems pretty happy about being able to prove to Roxy that she is indeed a, an aristocrat. As Bertie and Flo introduce themselves as the Earl and Lady of Wissex, Jetta comes up with a scheme to sell pizzazz anything they find inside the estate at an inflated price. Trevor, the supposed Earl, says Jetta has until the following night at 8 p.m. to sell everything, or he'll divulge her secret that she and her parents are
1: yeah.
0: gutter snipes. I have to look that up. Apparently meets street
1: kids. Well, I mean... Can you tell from the word gutter snipe? <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. It, it's a terrible, yeah. terrible word. Um, so there, there's this thing. Okay, first of all, we skipped over some stuff, and that I want to just return to really briefly. The thing that, like, when Gem and the holograms arrive in England, they're like, oh, "We're really here. We're in England." It's like y'all were here two weeks ago. Y'all remember there was Robin of Loxley and a man in an iron mask. And it was all very literary that you were at a Renaissance fair. You remember that they were just in England. So it's really weird that they were like, oh, it's just so amazing that we're here. Also, this dude has them coming there for this benefit concert. But he told some lady at the beginning of the episode that it was a benefit concert for an earl. Who holds a benefit concert for an earl? I Why don't do know. Earls need benefit concerts. I mean, we find out, but it's just really weird that there's just sort of mentioned that they're like, yeah, 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 the Earl. He needs some money. Well, so? Like, what? Mm. So all these things are sort of like coalescing here with, with all this business with, you know, what's going on with Jetta and, and Pizzazz and whatnot. But the other thing is, since we just did have Renaissance Woman not too many episodes ago, we are again with this he's the earl, he's the fake earl at eight o'clock on this day, he turns twenty one, but like it's we've recycled this plot and it's not been that long.
0: Yeah. Well I mean clearly this the guy that wrote this episode had not seen the other episodes or heard about him.
1: Well wait, didn't Christy Marks write this episode?
0: Uh oh wait, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the next one. This yeah. this is a Christy Marks episode, so that is a bit strange it that is. the inconsi- this inconsistency exists, but
1: well, I just think it's really weird that. Well, first of all, it's it seems to be the opinion of the people who write for the show that there are all these twenty-year-old earls and counts and whatever running around who have been denied their true place as the actual earl or count or whatever, and and there are all these machinations against them. Was like this a thing in the eighties where there are a lot of earls not like having to turn twenty-one and run away I think from it was a thing. trying to put them in basements. The 80s Mass, were a I still
0: know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, that's an understatement. In a private room, Trevor meets with thugs Stoke and Fenton to ask if they've located the real Earl of Wizix. They tell him they have, and they've tracked him to a club in London. Trevor tells Stoke and Fenton that they have until the following night at 8pm to make sure he never returns to claim his title. I wonder who that could be. Kind by the way, you know yeah. Sir murderer. Hugh guy, he looks like Chuck Norris. <laughs> and Chuck Norris in uh, Delta Force. Sir Hugh Ridley arrives with the holograms at his new club, the Unicorn Club, which, by the way, I just love how 80s that club looks with the hot pink neon. Actually, I think the animators did a good job in general with uh, trying to recreate the look of London, getting all the landmarks and stuff right. That's was true. Actually yeah, quite a bit of detail on the buildings.
1: hmm But the Inside Unicorn the, is like yeah. a, a really great name also for a club. Yeah, that was sure. my thing is so it was, it seemed, exactly. I, I hear the Unicorn
2: like Club Frank. and then it was like really subdued, <laughs>
0: really subdued. Inside the club, Sir Hugh introduces the holograms to the Blue Bloods, a rock band. Mason Hawthorne, the Blue Bloods leader, introduces himself to Jim. The rest of the band who are opening for The Holograms also introduced themselves. And by the way, that keyboard player, I think his name was Alan, sounded like Ringo.
1: He did. Yeah, it was, was true. It's
0: like, hello, I'm Alan. I guess they had to have a keyboard player, right? Sort of. Ringo's a dr- It's like the doppelganger of, mm-hmm. well, I guess, because every rock band in the 80s had to have a keyboard player. Gem and the Holograms have Kimber, so I guess the Blue Bloods have to have Alan.
1: Everybody has to have a keyboard. Yeah, You can't have a band without a keyboard. That's terrible.
0: <laughs> There's nothing keyboards. wrong with keyboards.
1: But no, keyboards are essential. Essential.
0: Aja is surprised to see Craig, Stormer's brother, and they embrace. Sir Hugh and the Blue Bloods decide to take the holograms out for dinner as it's Mason's 21st birthday. He looked a little older yeah, than 21. there was an awful lot of mullet whatever. there. Whatever. Maybe it was the mullet.
1: There was, but it was the 80s, so this is really not... I mean, that's it was the no, time of the mallet. Yeah, it, it shouldn't come as a time shock to anyone. Of the mullet.
0: at the Wizix estate, the Misfits and Jeddah's parents sit down to dinner. Jeddah tries to impress Pizzazz by explaining that generations of Wizzix have eaten on those solid silver plates, and that Pizzazz should buy a set. Pizzazz agrees and tells Bert, Bertie and Flo to send her father the bill. Pizzazz then proceeds to grab a silver plate and say they make
1: great frisbee the worst.
0: and she tosses it and breaks the a window. Worst.
1: All right. She is the worst. But what I find interesting is how many of the elements of this meal parallel what went on in Father's Day. Like you have some guy complaining that they all eat too much, but there's four of them okay if you don't have enough food in your fancy mansion pantry to feed like a total of six to seven people then you are not any kind of aristocrat and i frown upon you and then we have pizzazz doing things that just like no normal person would do like no normal person would be like hey let me just fling this out a window like what are you doing
0: well she's a spoiled brat and she's bored because she can't yeah
1: i mean i guess (laughs)
0: Jetta tries to assuage Trevor's fears and that all his money problems will soon be over but how are we the audience supposed to believe that all of Trevor's money problems will be over by selling a bunch of high priced belongings surely his debt must be far greater than a million dollars
2: yeah that's what was really weird to me like how much debt is he in a concert is going to solve all this or even just pizzazz being in the house like buy the silver and buy you know Yeah, I mean the
0: creditors we haven't seen them show up yet but I mean if someone's going to come and repossess a mansion like that I'm sorry but even if you get like even if you get like tens tens of thousands of dollars for some of the the priceless art or whatever even like I don't know like half a million I mean that's still not going to cover your debt Right. And so presumably that, I mean, that estate is probably worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right.
1: Maybe his debt is just like not even really that much debt, but just the fact that he's going to lose access to the money in a little bit is mm. what's making him desperate.
0: Interesting. Lord Trevor calls Stoke and Fenton and asks for an update on whether the real Earl of Wisex has been eliminated. Stoke explains that Sir Hugh and the Blue Bloods have gone out for the evening with some American birds, but when they get back, they plan on making their move.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This show has a lot of people who murder in it for a kid show in they the 80s. They took lessons
2: from Zipper.
1: I guess so, because th- sometimes the we're-gonna-murder-you vibe is implied like when erica's like you go take care of them and then zipper put somebody in a volcano but the this dude is like no straight up murder him just yeah it's I not mean, implied even, it's very obvious right even the last dude like just put somebody in an iron mask at a dungeon he didn't really murder him directly but this dude's just like no blow him up this is so weird
0: you really th- uh, this surprises you by now
1: It's not that it's a surprise, but it's just, it's striking me that a lot of people are murderers on this cartoon from the 80s for Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of murdering.
0: Yeah, and then they tried to compensate by having PSA announcements at the end of the show.
1: But none of the PSAs were like, hey, kids, don't murder. I don't remember the don't
2: murder PSA. (laughs) Isn't that kind of implied? Maybe the implication is if you're going to murder, you need to do better than these people, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At the Wizicks estate Jeddah, Pizzazz and Roxy enter a horse stable and find a caged fox. Why the hell is that fox caged? <sighs>
1: um because he's too loyal to somebody else. Right. Okay, right. So he eats the chicken eggs yeah. because he's a fox.
0: Right. He's awfully cute though. Pizzazz decides that she wants to have a fox hunt. Which leads us to our first music video of this episode by The Misfits called I'm Gonna Hunt You Down. What'd you think?
2: I felt bad for the fox.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like this song fine. Um, it
1: is a little weird that like it's so typical of The Misfits and now I'm just starting to feel a bit like must we be so typical, but, you know, this is children's cartoon from the 80s, so I guess murder is okay and typicalness is okay. Yeah,
0: they're chasing that. I really felt bad for that fox. They're just chasing right. it around.
1: Right, but also just sowing a path of destruction as they do, which is mm-hmm. is sort of like that's what the Misfits videos are now, is just them sowing a path of unnecessary destruction wherever they go while they sing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just... It's what they do. It is. But you know, it's sort of fun to look at, kind of. There's a fox. Fox.
0: Yeah, the, I thought the song was was okay. Again, it's very standard. Misfits fare, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Everything. Misfits are going to England, of course. Jim and the holograms are going to England. Oh, of course. Like it's just oh, coincidence after coincidence. Am I becoming desensitized? Maybe. Because I made note of it kind of mentally. I was like, yeah, of course, all of this is happening just so, because why wouldn't it?
0: After the fox hunt, pizzazz demands that Trevor bring her food because she's starving. The doorbell rings and it's Lord Trevor's creditors demanding that he pay up as he's been avoiding them for months. He pleads to have one more day to come up with the money. At the Unicorn Club, Sir Hugh tells Jim her gear is being set up, and they have some time to rehearse before tonight's concert. Craig asks Aja to speak with her in private, and inside the club, Stormer is surprised by the arrival of Jim and the holograms, and decides to leave. And I just want to add here, she seems really embarrassed. She's like, oh, oh, I should leave. And Kimber says you know, well, you don't need to go anywhere. We, we won't bite.
1: Now, Kimber knows that's a lie because she totally bit Stormer earlier that day.
0: <laughs> I knew you would say something about that.
1: Look. I knew look, it. Stormer has been in town since the day before because that's when they all got there. And, and she ha- she saw Craig, I guess. But what has Stormer been doing? stormer sent kimber a text message and she was like yo i'm in england are you in england booty call let's do this and kimber was like mm-hmm and so when kimber said we're not gonna bite you i'm like kimber stop lying stop lying you know that there's like a huge hickey on stormer's like torso somewhere right now mm so yes, that's why she's embarrassed. You know, she's mm. like, "Oh, but someone will see my hickey. Like, <laughs> they'll know that that Kimber gave it to me. I don't know, but yeah, that's." that's I wondered why she, why was, she was wearing
2: that coat, it right? Was, like, what yeah. was that coat for? It was to hide
1: that hickey that Kimber gave her the <laughs> night before. Uh
0: Well, meanwhile. While this conversation is happening, I guess it's a it's a good time while they're distracted because Stoke and Fenton are on the stage and they place a bomb inside the Blue Bloods drum kit with only five minutes to spare before that thing goes off.
2: I liked how it was one, two, three, four, five. Like it was very clear. Yes. Um, And this is
1: like the most exciting five minutes in this entire episode. Did you notice that?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's tension for sure. Because you don't know, are they going to make it out in time?
1: I mean, but that's just it. That's not even the thing that makes it full of tension. Because it's like, Craig is outside with Aja and he's like, I have something to tell you. He's all like Mr. Serious Face. And Aja's like, what is it, Craig? And he's like, someone I want you to meet. And then inside, they're like, <sighs> talking about things that don't matter. Oh wait, Stormer's here. And Stormer's trying to hide the fact that Kimber gave her a hickey and, he, and Kimber is teasing her because she totally gave her that hickey. And then outside, Craig is like, "I oh, should come with me. And then inside, Stormer's like, no, I gotta go. And then outside, Craig comes inside. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Like there's all this stuff that happens right at this moment in the episode. This is like the best part of the entire episode. Wow. And then, <laughs> Then uh, well and then, then the stupidest thing in this entire episode also happens, which is my favorite thing about this episode. This is why I love Brit Rock because Craig, you know, brings Aja in.
2: Oh, and storm Stormer's like,
1: I gotta leave, I gotta leave. And then Aja's like, Um, why is Stormer here? And Craig says, yeah. Okay, so you know that I'm Craig Phillips. Well, this is Mary Phillips, she's my and then Aja screams, Your wife? And I was like, "How did you even Idiot. jump to
2: that conclusion? Like, that is the the stupidest, worst conclusion." She didn't ever. even let him how, finish his sentence. How many people have blue hair like that? That was my first thought. Like, I know you've got hair colors, but I haven't seen people with that shade of blue other than these two.
0: They the two of them worked at the same Crayola factory that only produces <laughs> blue There was an explosion. They don't want to talk about it.
2: Got in their hair follicles.
0: (laughs) I got their blue hair in an unfortunate smelting accident. (laughs) Uh, So where are we? Okay, so Tempest, you kind of jumped ahead, but uh, let's just carry on from there because Aja freaks out, thinks that Craig is married to Stormer and she runs off and of course... She's made a completely incorrect conclusion before Craig had a chance to finish his sentence. I believe it's Sir Hugh that says that Craig should run after her, right? And he's like, no, why? Why should I? Why should I? She should apologize to me. She's the one that, you know, made an assumption before I even finished. So I'm, I'm with him there.
1: Yeah, I have well, to say, this is one of the few times when I feel like a man is right on this show.
2: <laughs> well, the thing... The, how bad at communication is he? Like, like, if you stop and think for two seconds, though, like, how, how would I introduce my sister? And, I mean, he might as well be like, so there's another woman in my life, and you know I, I would like you to meet her you know and even as he's he's trying his hand at this very very poor introduction like everybody's watching and they're like this is he's he's doing very very poorly so I kind of feel yeah, like true. I understand his perspective how that maybe felt um, not okay and like she was jumping to conclusions but the way in which he introduced her <laughs> it was bad He is a bad communicator, which is par for the course on the show. But
1: yeah, that is true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He should have been able to finish his sentence. However, he was setting it up to be like a punchline, you know, like, and she's my sister after all of this.
0: Yeah. He, he, I think he spent way too much time explaining like, uh, well, uh, you know, my last name is Phillips and this, it's just like, he could have just said, this is my sister. Right. Like, why? Why d- all
1: that exposition? Dramatic tension. And also so that
2: Aja could scream, your wife, mm. and run out of the room. And yep. also it gave everyone else a chance to vacate so that they didn't have to explain any yep. deaths on the show. Well, and
0: I know we brought this up before, but this totally seemed like, you know, if there ever was an example of soap opera drama, this this scene is it,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Another thing that's interesting is that even though Aja like comes to a really messed up and silly conclusion, everybody, well, all the other holograms are like, "Yeah, Craig, how could you?" And Kimber is even like Stormer because Kimber, in her mind, is probably like, "Wait a minute, this this woman just was like kissing me yesterday. How is she somebody's wife?" Mm-hmm. And see, but Kimber should know better. Mm-hmm. This is it's one of those moments where I feel like there are times in our lives when even though we are smart people and we know things and, and we know not to jump to conclusions or whatever like we get caught up in these moments and just sort of lose our our rationality for a moment you know like because we just we're just going along with what's happening and I feel like that's what happened here because Kimmer well good and well knows that Stormer's not married
2: to anyone but her in her heart <laughs> <laughs> but she can't re- reveal that because it's a secret and right. this is she knows unlike Mr. Bluehair she knows the proper time and place and way in which to announce their relationship and she knows that this is an inappropriate time very true bis Ki- kimber's classy
0: yeah well speaking of kimber she ends up running after aja to tell her no you've made a mistake stormer is craig's sister and Aja realizes what a colossal mistake she's made and that she she must go back to apologize. Now after she realizes she's made this mistake, the bomb goes off, destroying the club. It's completely uh-huh. engulfed in flames. and Poor
2: unicorns?
0: Yeah, the holograms and the rest of the blue bloods run inside the burning building to rescue Craig and Stormer, which thankfully are still alive. Now, Mason, the band leader, claims the explosion is all his fault because he has an uncle that doesn't want him to turn 21. But he doesn't go into detail about it and just leaves to go to WizX.
1: And oddly enough, Jem decides to go with him. Jem is like, oh, somebody is trying to blow you up. I'd better tag along Mm -hmm. with Kimber. Right? She's like, Shana, you stay here with Aja. But Kimber, you come with me. We're going to go find this dude who tried to bomb us. Like, what What
2: are you doing? Well, it's just also, like the vigilante justice in the previous mm-hmm. England episode. This is true. I'm th- you know. Sh- i surprised that she didn't say,
1: Synergy, turn me back into Robin Hood. We're going to go get this dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least Aja manages to apologize uh, to Craig, and he accepts her apology. So at least they can move on at the Wizzix estate trevor tells jeda and her parents in private that she must sell the entire estate to pizzazz before eight o'clock jeda comes up with a convincing plan to get pizzazz to purchase the property and she says you have to hit her where it hurts her status jeda decides to tell pizzazz that if she buys the estate she not only gets the property but the title as well, she'll be the Lady of Wessex, a noblewoman of England.
2: Because that's how it works. That's how that's it works. That's how it and works. I,
1: I'm not surprised that Pizzazz doesn't know how it works, but Jetta is right. Like, jetta really knows Pizzazz well because, you know, as she's sitting there and she's trying to control her, she's like, you'll be the Lady of Wizics. And you can see that Pizzazz is interested but not yet fully there. And she's like, Jem doesn't have a title. And then Pizzazz is like, give me that pen. <laughs> It was kind of amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it's totally predictable that she would that she would sign it. Pizzazz signs the contract, but just in time, the real Earl, Mason Hawthorne, shows up and claims his title as rightful heir. Pizzazz realizes she's being had and chases Jedda off the estate. Jim asks Synergy to create a diversion of a pack of wild dogs to scare Stoke and Fenton. Mason Captures the thugs and the police take them away it's been a while since I've seen the police
1: right in and this also, cartoon at all when did they even call the Pope? I, I don't know they're I'm just there wondering. all
0: of a sudden like what
1: right like time were, lapse like, we were just waiting for the Earl of Hawthorne to show up or the Earl of Wessex Mr. Hawthorne hooray we're here let's get them but okay so right at this point a really weird aspect of this episode rears its head. And that is when Mason is like, I am Mason, Lord Hawthorne, Earl of Wissex. And Gemma's like, you're the Earl? Oh, my goodness. Why didn't you ever say? Yeah. And he's like, because I just wanted you to like me for who I am. And I'm like, w- what? Mm-hmm. That first of all, did, does she like him? Second of all, why does he care if she likes him? Third of all, I. I well, uh, you, but, like, are you just, implying it's really in a romantic? Weird that this, like, way? Comes up right because well, we we'll I about didn't get that get sense. The last song That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's just really weird that like right here is where that shows up. Where he's like, well, I just didn't want you to to like me just because I'm an Earl. I wanted you to like me on my own marriage. merits. Like, was anybody caring about you? Also, why are we raising funds for you? Ugh. I mean, I know that your uncle did whatever, but I mean. A benefit concert should be for starving orphans. Sure. Right. Whatever.
0: Well, he basically he, he this is the this seems analogous to like a modern-day Kickstarter or a GoFundMe.
1: I think mm. if he had done a GoFundMe, I would feel better about well, it's it. it's even like, worse because no one concert? in their
0: right mind would ever like that would never work. Like send me money so I can pay my debt. Like, yeah. You're not going to get much sympathy there.
2: I have a really big house I could sell to fund things. Please
0: help me. Well, he, he could have sold the estate. Like, why does one man need that mansion?
1: Because aristocracy. Well, Ugh, yeah, such like, BS. it goes with the earldom. And I realize that even though you are of the Commonwealth, Alex, you probably don't really have great feelings for the peerage of England. No, I don't. But the peerage of England has feelings about itself. You can't just go <laughs> selling off the ancestral home of Wissex wherever Wissex might be, Mm -hmm. which is probably somewhere close to London since they got there so fast. But like, you can't just go selling off ancestral homes. That would be wrong. How could you, Alex? Mm. The peerage needs your support.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, the last part we didn't talk about. Uh, Yeah, so in addition to the money that Mason needed to pay the bills off that his uncle had racked up, uh, Jem explains that they can still host the benefit on the estate property. And we cut to the final music video of this episode. There are only two this week. And this one is by Jim and the holograms called Between Me and You. What'd you think of the song and the video?
2: Speaking of grammar.
0: Yeah, Between Me and You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: see. I see well, no, where you're going. No, go. it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I remember that Jim had on that purple dress with the big pink bows. That, yes, <laughs> so you don't remember
0: much about the song. Neither do um, I, and I just watched this a few hours ago.
1: Uh, I don't know what well, that says. Tempest, says that help you us out here. Please, please bail us out. All right, so look, this song is an okay song. I, I sing it sometimes because it has a nice beat and you can dance to it. But the actual content of the lyrics makes no sense. And this is what I was talking about before, where he's like, I just wanted you to like me on my own merits. And she's like, but I would like you anyway, because I judge people on their own merits all the time. I don't care if you're an Earl. And that's what this entire song is about. It's like, she's basically saying, I don't care if you're fancy, I will like you anyway. But what's weird about it is, is that it puts it in this, in this kind of space where she's saying, like, I romantically will like you no matter what. But she has a boyfriend, and also they have not made romantic overtures at each other. Like, usually sometimes it'll be that some dude is hitting on Gem, and Gem is like, whoop, I have a boyfriend, and she makes them go away. But there wasn't even that for this episode. It was just like, he was there, she was there. They were going to do a job together. They were friendly to each other. I don't understand what all this drama is about, about how he wanted her to judge him not as an Earl or something, because what did it matter? So this song is weird, In that aspect. And also, in the actual video, they do a lot of flying and dancing around as if they are in a romantic relationship. Like, he's basically Rio in this video.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. It's coming back to me. So, yeah. It's just, it's odd.
1: And then, also, there's, like, this one weird sequence where they're, like, spinning around And so, like, she's paired off with the Earl dude, and everybody's paired off with somebody. And for some reason, Aja is paired off with the sort of pudgy dude. And I'm like, did any of these people? What is this? Like, it was just, it was, oh, I've never liked that about this video. I've always felt that it was kind of weird.
2: But I I like the song.
0: Yeah, it was all right. (laughs) I have nothing else to add.
2: Well, it's weird because, you know, speaking of the videos themselves, sometimes... They fit the narrative of the story and sometimes they're completely out of left field. And I feel like, I feel like they've been more in kind of narrative land lately, sure. but initially like season one, they were really trippy. Yeah. I remember exclaiming about them because they were so well,
0: bizarre. In, in this video, didn't, didn't we see Jem flying around with, uh, with the Earl with Mason, yeah. yeah, it was just it was, we, and you know how we've talked before, in some past videos, like, is what we're seeing in the video actually happening, or is this just a Gem music video, and we need to separate it from the events of what's happening? And here, and I thought it was really inter- interesting in this video because there's, there's this one part where we see Mason and Gem flying around, they're holding hands or something. They're flying around London and they fly past the palace and the guards happen to look up and see them flying. And they have this shocked look on their face. Like, I cannot believe I just saw two people flying.
1: It It really happened.
0: They can fly.
1: I mean, weirder things have happened. Sometimes (laughs) they go flying around on flags.
0: Well, we are at the end of this week's episode and let's wrap uh, with a successful concert as Mason has managed to make enough from the benefit to pay off all of his creditors and gain ownership over the estate. And cut to just a quick scene here in the kitchen uh, where we see Roxy, Jetta, and Pizzazz, and they've been put to work and are washing dishes as penance for all of the trouble they've caused. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good enough punishment, but whatever, we'll take it. But Jetta continues... With the lies, I thought that was interesting. She tries to convince Roxy Pizzazz that Lord Hawthorne is treating her cruelly because she's secretly his twin sister, separated at birth, and that he's See, terrified he she'll prove his claim.
2: Maybe she's just—I was just going to say—maybe so. she's I just like so. a, a pathological liar yep. and can't not help buying it. it.
0: Just tells her to shut up.
2: Puts the the. Yeah. Why
0: was that there? By the way,
2: top to the suit of to armor. on top of her. Oh, they were. Oh, they were
0: like polishing it.
2: I think they were scrubbing. Yeah, they were scrubbing. Yeah, not that you shouldn't do that with water, but whatever.
0: Well, any other final thoughts about this episode? Was it a decent episode? I like the Jetta backstory. I mean, stereotypes aside about how they treated or how they portrayed low-income people, that aside, which does take it down a notch, I thought it was an okay episode. I did like the, the... the fleshing out of Jetta's backstory.
2: Yeah, it was okay. There were there was a lot that didn't make sense to me, but I feel like that's just kinda par for the course for a lot of 80s cartoons.
0: I would have liked to have seen more time spent on explaining why Jetta has this pathological need to lie about her like her past and where she's from and all this BS. Like I'd like, I I can make my own conclusions, and maybe that's just what they want us to have. I doubt it because the show's again, it's designed for kids, and I doubt kids are going to be thinking about this. But as an adult, I just thought it would have been nice to try to get a sense of where she's really coming from. Like, why are you that embarrassed by your family and your lack of status? Because surely that's not something most people have anyway.
2: Well, I I really do think it, it. I don't know. I think it's a plausible theory that uh, she just wants to impress Pizzazz, And Pizzazz is, rich as she is, or rich as her father is, she's still impressed by and respects money. Because that's what she was raised to do. And so I feel like that's a lot of it. Is Jeddah wants her place with the misfits secure. And she knows in order to do that, she needs to be in Pizzazz's good graces as much as possible so that she can weather the storms and the tantrums and all of that. So I think I kind of feel like a lot of what we saw this episode was a need for Jetta to be accepted. She's trying to walk the line between impressing Pizzazz and appeasing her parents and, you know, not doing either one very well. Um, and I kind of feel like that that may be a lot of the logic behind it is it was like okay you know Jetta's jedda's trying to make sure she's okay no i think that that's fair tempest any, any other thoughts from you
1: well like i said my favorite part of this whole episode is the whole like craig mary phillips aja screaming moment that's the thing that i'm here for yeah. for this episode and i it does make me sad though cuz i don't think we ever see craig again like we go through all this and then we just never see the dude again like come on dude come back Um, It is bad, but
2: that's bad. Yeah,
1: I I mean, it it is nice to see some of Jetta's backstory, but Jetta has been she's more interesting to me just like as she is, as opposed to like where she comes from or anything along those lines. Um, But yeah, I'm just here for the relationship drama. It's amazing.
0: You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I'm Alex Knight with Aline Sims. As always, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Aline, you can check out her website and her writing at alinemean.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Aline, that's A-L-E-E-N, and check out her podcast at relay.fm forward slash L-T-O-E-O, or Search your favorite podcast player for less than or equal. And Tempest Bradford. Best place to check out your stuff is ktempestbradford.com. Links to your social media, YouTube channel, all the stuff that you do there, including your uh, new podcast, or I guess not so new, but re- relatively new podcast called the right gear which uh is hosted here at hologramradio.org forward slash the right gear or in your podcast player of choice which is a show uh, about uh, writing and the tools that writers use and the occasional interview with writers which makes it uh kind of interesting Uh, i I like that variety you can check out uh, tempest's uh, twitter account at tiny tempest as well And uh, am I missing anything? Nope. If you'd like to show your support for this show and the network at large, the absolute best way to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio and join the other lovely people that have decided to donate every month to us. Even if you can only donate a dollar, it really does make a difference. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes to get every new episode each and every week and if you are in itunes please take a moment to leave us a rating i know we ask every week but it really does help other people discover the show you can follow us on twitter the podcast is gem podcast on twitter and of course you can follow us individually as well uh, and on Facebook, we're Gem Podcast, if you search for it, and Instagram, Hologram Radio Shows. If you want to check out anything else that we do here, and if you want to send us feedback the old fashioned way, send us an email to gemcast at hologramradio.org. Until next week, show's over, Synergy.